and you're listening to <laughs> did you hear the way i said kendall <laughs> no. i was like hi i'm kendall <laughs> okay okay hi i'm kendall and i'm kylie and you're listening to smitten a podcast about love stories in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> Cute. Okay. Are you Hi. Oh, yeah. We're Hi. going. We're going. <laughs> um, welcome to episode nine. Royal love. Yes. Um, a few housekeeping <laughs> items before we get into it, because I have a lot to say about royal love, but... Um, I think today, if I did my calculations correctly, is the day that we're announcing the winner to the giveaway? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So today is the day we announce the giveaway winner. We'll just have it up by the time this is up. So um, congrats to whoever won. (laughs) Um, And thank you to everyone who left a review. Yes. Thank you. And then the only other thing I wanted to confirm is that we have new charities for this month and they are up on our website and i also wanted to share that i voted so okay any any other update wait okay so like how are you though like personally (laughs) uh we are going camping next week (gasps) oh my gosh like in a tent or in the fifth wheel uh well no with zane's family in his motorhome okay and but we will be sleeping in a tent oh okay but yeah, it's like at this lake and they Cute. have a boat, so we'll go out on the boat fun. and, you know, have some nice social distanced fun. Love that. So, yeah, I'm excited is for it, that. Wait, does motorhome mean like RV? Is that the same? I think so. Okay. Cool. A wow. recreational vehicle. Yeah. I just, I get confused, confused, <laughs> I get confused with motorhomes and mobile homes. Like the houses that you can just like pick up and put on a big truck and move wherever. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, obviously that's not where you're taking camping. (laughs) We have like the uh, wide load ahead car. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, Well, that sounds fun. I just went camping recently. So, you know. Yeah. I can appreciate. There's lots of space out. What uh, in this we can region. um, well, what what lake are you going to? I want to know for my purposes. Lake Billy Chinook. Never heard of it. It's so pretty. That sounds like a cool name. I'll have to find a video and send it to you of like what it looks like from the water because it's just like really blue water and then it's just like rocks. Love it. Like walls of rocks. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're all over the place. We are. Uh, what about you, Kendall? How are you? I How's work? Great. Work is fine. Work is it, work. It's No, it's good. I feel very unmotivated as of late. I get in like these like valleys and what is it called? Hills and valleys throughout the week of really motivated, like mm-hmm. sitting down and getting stuff done. And then I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do anything. I have like a bunch of tasks that are the same priority and then I have to prioritize them and I'm like I don't want to do any of it I'm just gonna go (laughs) hang out with Jack but yeah do you like working from home better than regular working or I I appreciate the flexibility Mm -hmm. that comes with it like I can most days I don't have to get dressed I can wake up relatively late or early and be done working whenever and like mm-hmm. you know if i'm gonna do five hours now and like three hours in the evening i can do that but i don't know pros and cons yeah yeah um but something i am excited about is that i got the book midnight fun <laughs> i forgot she sent me a picture at like midnight last night and was like look what i'm reading <laughs> i literally pre-ordered it on amazon like a month ago and forgot and um (laughs) it came yesterday and i was so excited so i'm only like a few pages in but for those who don't know what it is it is twilight the um hit book series about vampires from 
the vampire perspective, Edward. So I did. I um because uh, like you, I used to be obsessed with Twilight. Yes, like a lot. And mm-hmm. so I remember my mom saw this, like an article on Facebook or something, and sent it to me. Yeah, and I don't think I read what it was actually about, so I didn't realize. Yeah, I used yeah. to like read Stephanie Meyer's blog. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, because I'm in Washington, I'd go to, I went to Forks yeah. a few times. And I mean, it's still like a five hour drive from my house, but um, I went during like Stephanie Meyer's birthday weekend because it was like a special <laughs> event. I don't even think she was there, but oh, I did gosh. get to meet. Um, so in New Moon, oh, I'm forgetting the name of both of these characters, but the like leader of the of jacob's pack what's his name uh-huh. i don't know his I, name but so it's, his, been, it's been a long time it's been a long time it's been like 15 years i looked it up 15? Since, it, since it was released yeah um the main guy in their group his wife i met that actress and she signed a sweatshirt of mine <laughs> so so kind of um, famous yeah kind of a deal of celebrity but i'll take it Oh my gosh. It. Yeah, my um my friends and I were obsessed with it and we almost made a road trip with my s- sister driving us up to Forks, but we never actually did it. But Yeah. Wow. So, have you started reading it? Forks isn't that exciting. Yes, I've started reading it. But um also Edward's much more snarky and arrogant than I I'm sure if we re reread them now it would be like a totally different experience honestly i it brought me right back to my 12 year old self i was like yep this makes sense this is quality quality literature right here but (laughs) it's really you know very simple (laughs) um but i i don't you know i know there's also been some like scandals about stephanie meyer not um i i heard a rumor and i don't know i'm not even gonna say it because i haven't fact checked so moving on but i've heard some scandals about her and just like you know the uh vibe around twilight is a little laughable but honestly the feeling i got when i was 12 years old it brings me back and i like that feeling it's a happy nostalgic feeling so you know here i am you know what you've you've convinced me i'm gonna read it yes (laughs) then we can have a book club (laughs) uh stay tuned for our episode on midnight sun (laughs) yeah um it's good it's quality so anyways this is our twilight podcast does that exist we should create that (laughs) or make friends with someone who has that we'll have to do some let me let me write it down in my smitten notebook Ah, love (laughs) love it okay um enough of that let us get into a you know why we're actually here royal love should i say it in a british accent just kidding do it royal love <laughs> that was gross I'm, i only said it because i'm editing this episode so i can be in control of if it stays or goes um yes royal love um so my love facts and my story are all revolving around England. So Yes. And I chose a non European uh Love it. royal pair. So we That's are great. covering our bases. Yes. Um I have six facts that are just kinda wow. like sh- you know okay. snappy ones. Why don't you give us a love fact, Kendall? Sure. I would love to. Okay, so Queen Elizabeth the second, aka current Queen of England, is rumored. <laughs> i'm so confused by like and like i know Elizabeth, they also like, have the all the same names like truly <laughs> 10 names that you know go back 500 years so yeah anyways queen elizabeth aka current queen is rumored to have bought the materials for her wedding dress using ration stamps because think think back we're at world war ii era mm-hmm. so she was very thrifty which is you know unique i guess mm-hmm. for someone who's rich af but yeah. the show The Crown, which uh-huh. I believe is Netflix produced, I don't know, doesn't matter, <laughs> spent over $37,000 recreating the same dress. Can you imagine, like, I wonder if she actually knows that. She's like, I literally bought those with stamps. Yeah. And you just go and ruin it and spend yeah. all this useless money? I know. Wow, good for her, though. 
right? So yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Okay, I'm yeah. trying not to use the word interesting so much. I thought it was um, a good fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of British rule, <laughs> uh, no, today, oh. 16 countries, 1-6, six, 16, are still subjects of the British, including Canada and Australia. Wait, they're still like technically like under British rule or could maybe thought, not rule. Is this They're gonna still connected me, to the British Empire. Is this going to make me sound? Wait, can't I thought Canada was French. Was it French and then English? Why do they speak French? <laughs> <laughs> I think there were French settlers there and I think that must have come. It doesn't matter. It must have come before the, I, the English were in, it was like an English thing whatever that's called uh territory maybe welcome to our but geography like if podcast. you <laughs> welcome to our what geography podcast <laughs> <laughs> if but like if you um go to court in canada and your um your like case is heard by the crown not like, like the canadian government like they call it the crown but it's the canadian government yeah okay so it's but uh, okay this is about imperialism. Got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's a lot more than I would have thought. I know. 16. Yeah. yeah. That That's too many. It should just be one. One. Britain. <laughs> yep. I that's hate saying opinion. Britain. I don't know how to say it. Brit- Britain. 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 <laughs> um... Okay, ready for my next one? Yeah. Or are you not done? No, you go. Okay, can I tell you my next love fact while my internet fails me? Okay, thanks for the sign language, yes. (laughs) Um, Okay, so at Royal Weddings in England, the menu is always in French since, like, many years ago, the royal family would only work with French chefs. Like, the menu is literally... In French and not translated to English. And I wonder how many British royals actually speak French. Right. I mean, probably not. Right. I don't know. I mean, everyone outside of America can speak multiple languages. True. Well, not. Okay. That was a very general statement. But, (laughs) you know, more likely to speak an additional language than it's funny though because you'd think that they'd be like well we're england and we're the best and so even though france has this reputation for good chefs we actually have the best chefs i mean no one's quoting england for having good food so (laughs) sorry (laughs) no no one's quoting america for having good food it's just you know there's not a lot going on but okay this is my sub fact is that oh a sub a sub sub fact sub fact um no Royals are able to eat, are allowed to eat shellfish. What? To avoid food food poisoning and potential allergies. They're just like, nah, you can't have it. I mean, like, you can get that tested. You don't have to just (laughs) avoid it. (laughs) Yeah, but food poisoning and then the whole line is gone so i but that's not how it works. I could see, like, maybe they can't all eat shellfish at the same time, you know? Yeah, like they can't yeah. all be on a plane at the same time. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. It seems it like it be. would be. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. They just need a menu or a a calendar for when they're eating shellfish. Oh, can't have lobster <laughs> yeah. today. It's it's Mary's day. <laughs> Is lobster shellfish? Yeah, it has a shell. Yeah. So, sure. Okay. Anyways, um, so going off of my first love fact, there are still a surprising number of monarchies in the world so okay maybe this is annoying but i think it's interesting i have a list of all the countries with i would love to hear okay so this is broken up into three groups one with monarchs who actually rule and have political power Mm -hmm. monarchs with some political power and then monarch monarchs that are just there to you know for show pretty that's literally what i have in my notes (laughs) (laughs) So the first one, uh, monarchs who rule are in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, 
United Arab Emirates, Swaziland, Brunei, Oman, Bahrain, Jordan, Morocco, and the Vatican. <gasps> Wait, the Pope? Yeah, I guess. Is in Is charge of king? the Vatican? He's, the Pope he's in charge. He rules over the Vatican. So I guess, yeah, okay. It, that checks yeah. out? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. What's the Vatican? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Monarchs with some power are in Monaco, Thailand. I don't know how to say this one. Liechtenstein. 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 The first time you said it, it sounded the best, but I can't okay. recreate that. So. <laughs> well, that place. Uh, Tonga and Bhutan. Hmm. And then the countries with monarchs that are just there to be pretty are Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, Spain, Greenland, Luxembourg, Belgium, Lesotho? Never sure. heard of that. Cambodia, Malaysia, and Japan. Wait, what about England? <laughs> on the list, but yeah they're they're there right they just they just look pretty yeah 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 cool well the washington post has led me astray <laughs> by not stating the obvious yeah what <laughs> i didn't realize there was so many me neither like I sweden what? yeah that's what i was gonna say like norway sweden wow okay cool so i need to go to one of the places and persuade them to let me take over the monarchy oh well so i can be queen i have kind of a fact related to that just a little bit down so okay can't wait to hear about it yeah keep going <laughs> okay <laughs> can't wait to hear about it <laughs> that sounded in, it disingenuous but i was being honest yes <laughs> um okay so on the day of queen elizabeth aka current queen uh, on the day of her wedding, while the hairdresser was working on her hair, the antique metal tiara that she was planning on wearing snapped. <gasps> oh, no. So, <laughs> and you're... Uh, whoa. Yeah. So the court jeweler took it to the Gerard. I think that's how you say it. Gerard, which is the jeweler of the royal family, took it to the workshop via police escort to get <laughs> repaired. <laughs> that's what She's I want. like... She's like, I'm going to buy my wedding dress fabric with stamps or ration stamps, but I'm going to like use all these state resources to get my crown fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Was she already queen at that point? Do you know? Is um, that how it works? Or? E- e- yeah, because she's the queen, not her husband. It's not like she was marrying the king to become the queen. Yeah. She was the queen. Okay. Speaking Actually, of- I don't oh. know how that works, so well anyways speaking of (laughs) speaking of um wedding um i don't want to say no i don't want to say like disasters oh i didn't tell you this but the day before my wedding we were setting up because it was just a little backyard wedding so we were setting stuff up and it was like overcast and it was it was like a little warm but not too not too warm and so Mm -hmm. i was just like in a tank top just living my life I didn't put sunscreen on. Oh, no. (laughs) So I got, and I usually don't get burnt, maybe because I usually wear sunscreen, but I'm like as pale as you can get. And so I got burnt the night before my wedding. And thankfully, the tank top I was wearing was like relatively the same cut as my dress, but I had to like just like slap a bunch of foundation on my chest because my chest was bright red and it was it was awful i felt so stupid especially because i had been being so careful not to get any like weird tan lines or anything you know but uh, just there's always something there is yeah uh it, mine was not nearly as big a problem as an ancient crown break <laughs> Sun's it's sunburn, ancient crown. It's know. just uh, irrevocable skin damage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this isn't really a love fact, but I thought it was interesting. Um, so the first recorded king of an empire was Sargon of Akkad, 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 who ruled over the Akkadian 
Akkadian Empire and conquered the Sumerian states. And he lived in the 24th and 23rd centuries BC. So like a long time ago. Yeah, I was like trying to figure out where royalty came from. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the first like documented. Wow. Kings. Yeah. I can't even understand how long ago that was. But <laughs> I know. Wow. It's also weird to think about like you're just some guy and you're like, okay, this is it. I'm you're in all charge mine now. now. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Men. What, is that what it's like to be a man? That's what I was just going to say. That's funny. Well, I love how our love facts are not even the slightest <laughs> the same. Because <laughs> my next love fact is that royal brides in England always have bridesmaids that are children, normally ages 10 to 12. Oh, why? I don't know. I'm sorry. That's all. I just don't pack that why, but I don't know. Oh, I read something one time, and it was, there was like a word for that, um, for having like a younger bridesmaid. Well, it's I like, isn't it like matron of honor? Is the maid of honor if they're married? Um, oh, yeah. Well, then, yeah. Junior bridesmaid, but uh, maybe that's it. That's. I feel like there should be a better word. A ju- yeah, a junior bridesmaid. Mm. Hmm. That's yeah. weird. I know. I don't know why. Maybe because they're innocent and young. But like, speaking of royal wedding <laughs> weddings, I love how we try to make them fit together <laughs> when know. like they don't have to. It's okay. We could just like you know. But we're like, okay, where's the connection? Where's the connection? <laughs> um, I actually this is about England. Oh, uh, so it does relate. Great. Um, in so. It's pretty common knowledge that royal marriages are usually for political alliances, or at least historically have been typically for political alliances and not really for love. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 1772, King George II passed the Royal Marriages Act. Do you know? Is this part of your story? No. Oh, I'm 200 <laughs> years before that, so. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and the act basically made it so members of the British royal family couldn't marry without consent of the monarch. And its main purpose was to prevent royals from marrying commoners or other people the crown didn't like, like Catholics. <laughs> I'm That is a big part of my story. So oh, cool. Interesting. Okay. Um, no, I did see that at some point, like how you have to get the queen's approval to marry, like how Harry and William is that yeah. had to get the queen's no. approval and all that kind of stuff yeah well so this act from 1772 was repealed in 2011 Ooh, <laughs> and uh a new one was made in 2013 called the succession to the crown act which requires the first six people in the line of succession to get permission to marry and if they don't get permission then they're kicked out oh yeah so wasn't there something I should have looked this up, but I thought, like, the queen, the current queen did something so that, like, women could be the queen without yeah. or something. Right? No, it's, um, is her name Charlotte? Mm-hmm. Charlotte is next in line after, uh, what's his name? After uh, Kate and William's yeah. first son. She's second in line, not the baby boy. Right. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Love that. So, but I, it seems like, uh, from what I know about royal marriages, (laughs) it seems like they're uh, happening more for love. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, Meghan and Harry were... I know. Like, aren't they totally out of the family now? But I don't think they were before. I think they were in the family. So, it was okay that he married someone who wasn't a royal. Right. And she converted to Protestantism? The oh, Church she of did? England for him, yeah. I read so. that she um, went to Catholic school. I didn't read that she converted. Interesting. Well, like, she went, she converted once yeah. they met and decided to yeah. be married. Huh. Yeah, cool. Love that. Yeah. Well, that concludes my love fact. So you Great. just. I only have one fire. more. Oh. So we're good. <laughs> I love how it works out. Um, okay, so there's a tradition started by Queen Victoria, who I believe is the. Okay. I wrote a paper in college about uh, similarities between Queen, Queen Victoria and the fairy queen in Shakespeare's A Midsummer oh. Night's Dream. What class? Uh, it was an SSI class. Like oh. the SSI 2. It was, it was yeah. Shakespeare. It was all about Shakespeare. Anyways, Ugh. 
that's the only thing I know about Queen Victoria is that <laughs> Midsummer Night's Dream is like parallel. Anyways, doesn't matter. Not my love fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> she started a tradition um, because she had sprigs of myrtle in her bouquet, which is also known as the herb of love. Oh. And after her wedding, she planted the, a myrtle shrub. And since then, each royal bride has had sprigs of myrtle from that shrub in their bouquet. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, and apparently that's so cool. I know. My my sister's super into all this, like this era and all the the queens and stuff. And she had sprigs of myrtle in her bouquet as well. <gasps> oh, because of this. So that what? So she already knew that. Is yeah. that where you got your love fact? No, I found it, and I was like, Avery, you think this is cool? And she's like, Yeah. I know. She knew all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, do you have any fun love facts for me? (laughs) So, I'm going to talk about Anne Boleyn and King Henry VIII. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I should know this story, and I don't, and you're, frankly, I don't have very much interest in it, so you are the only person who I would listen to tell it to me. Great. I took AP Euro in high school, and I also took a European history class in college, because I didn't pass the APR test. <laughs> and um, the thing that pissed me off so much about APR, my teacher was so meticulous about how we took our notes. Mm. She, like, very much taught us how to do, like, the whole... I don't remember Cornell what, notes? Is that Roman numerals and stuff? Oh. Or not? No, Cornell's or Cornell where, the, like, no, Cornell's where you have the side yeah. and then the bottom no. summary. Not that one. Oh. Just, like, in general notes to take with, like you know anyways yeah she was super whatever and so that's how I like learned to take notes I was a sophomore and I had like books and books of notes super detailed and at the end of the year she made us shred them <gasps> because she didn't want us to pass them down to the next class that is so messed up I was heartbroken so wait did you when did you take the test so you take the test in like so May? it was after you took the test yeah at least. yeah <laughs> she's Still, like yeah. it's like what if you I know want those notes in college I, I took a European history class in college and it would have been great. It would have been great right now when I'm talking about Anne Boleyn and Henry VIII. So bad I'm teaching still so practices. Yeah. Anyways. So you seem Anne traumatized. Boleyn, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm mad about it. Um, okay, so Anne Boleyn and Henry VIII. So Henry VIII was born June twenty eighth, fourteen ninety one. In Greenwich. Which I wrote that and I was like, uh, what? what? So obviously not Greenwich, New York, yeah, Greenwich in so. England, <laughs> but I thought that was kind of ironic due to last week's episode. <laughs> um, and then he died. Oh, he died January 28th, 1547. But when I was doing my notes, I thought it said he died June 28th. And I was like, oh my gosh, he died on his birthday. <laughs> But I realized just now that that says January, not June. But fun fact, <laughs> Shakespeare died on his birthday. So, hmm. anyways, that was, that's all. Suck. I mean, dying in general doesn't sound <laughs> optimal, <laughs> no matter the day. But, you know, anyways, he was, oh, so back to Henry. He was king of England for 38 years during the english renaissance and the english reformation which we'll talk about and i'll make it fun and not boring oh perfect hopefully so he is infamous because he had six wives uh-huh. count them six and not at um, one time right in succession mm, mm, a little bit of overlap but okay. you know <laughs> yeah, nobody's perfect <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm just going to read them just because of the names. It's funny. So his first wife was Catherine of Aragon. Second wife, Anne Boleyn. Star of the story. (laughs) Third wife, Jane Seymour. She was the one who birthed the next king. Okay. So she's kind of like the important one in terms of continuing the bloodline. Mm -hmm. Fourth wife, Anne of Cleves. Fifth wife, Catherine Howard. Sixth wife, Catherine Parr. (laughs) So for those at home... Keeping track. That's three Catherines, two Anne's, and one Jane. I mean, you got to keep it simple when you have that many wives. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Henry was the second in the Tudor line, which, you know, like the Tudor family ruled England from, it doesn't matter the dates, but for 118 years. Wow. So, you know, big family. Um, Okay. So his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, 
couldn't provide a male heir to the throne and well okay yeah she just she couldn't give give birth to a man she uh had several still stillbirths and early deaths she produced you know that's a gross word she gave birth to only one girl um but she obviously is not eligible for the throne so he was very much a hoe and not faithful to any of his wives at any point in time um one of his earlier mistresses mary bolin oh had a sister Anne bolin and harry became infatuated with her so she's 20 years old he is 42 years old love it which i mean could be worse she could be 13 she so true that is a very valid point yeah uh unfortunately so 20 is like the new 30 i'm sorry the old inappropriate yeah um so he he began pursuing anne in 1526 uh he wrote her love letters with presents attached his very first love letter included a gold bracelet that was set with his portrait. <laughs> he ruined Eric. a gold bracelet with his face? <laughs> oh, gosh. He's pretty not cute, but you can look at the photos. I mean, they're obviously like portraits and not... Right. Not a so photograph? So not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would also send her pearls and rubies and all that kind of stuff. I guess that is a benefit to being to having a king be in love with you. Yeah love that um he convinced himself that his first marriage to catherine of aragon was against the divine law since oh by the way she is his brother's widow now that is just (laughs) rude (laughs) he decided you know oh this is actually probably not okay after you know marrying her and trying to have babies and oh my gosh he looks like somebody i'm sorry i'm just now i just got to the picture he looks like somebody who would like be um i don't want to be offensive but like in his mom's basement you know oh okay i was thinking like um fishermen on (laughs) tinder holding a big fish in every picture kind of thing that okay that's maybe more accurate (laughs) and like a cabela's shirt yeah yeah and a like baseball hat that a camera is like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) uh gross (laughs) um so he was like yeah uh this seems to be going against god because you're married to my brother at one point also um he like validated that thought because the children that she was having kept dying oh so. so he's like oh yeah here's god telling us that this marriage is not supposed to happen is this before the reformation yeah okay so he continues to convince himself that he's living in mortal sin and needs to get out of the marriage asap so he appeals to the pope for a declaration of annulment and i didn't know this I didn't know the difference between annulment and divorce, mm-hmm. which isn't really relevant for this story, but I was just curious because mm-hmm. obviously like this is so long ago, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but for a fun fact, uh, an annulment in today's terms is a legal procedure that cancels a marriage. An annulled marriage is erased from a legal perspective and it declares that the marriage never technically existed and was never valid. Hmm. Where a divorce is just a legal dissolution of a marriage ending, the ending of a valid marriage, returning both parties to single status with the ability to remarry. So, is, oh, are there only like certain circumstances where you can get an annulment? It's like, yeah, it has to be a particular case. I think so. And it definitely said the same. Like, how do you fulfill oh. an annulment? But I didn't, I stopped listening okay. or I stopped reading. So, yes but i don't know them that is a good fun fact thank you (laughs) okay so he was like hey pope can we please have an annulment i don't want to be married anymore and the pope was like "Mm." so normally it wouldn't have been a big deal they would have been like yeah sure king you can do whatever you want here you go (laughs) but catherine of aragon his wife at the time was the aunt Okay, I'm going to throw some names, so sorry. Let me know if I lose you. Catherine of Aragon was the aunt of Charles V, and the Pope was under pressure from Charles V, and Charles V and Henry are rivals. 
So the Pope was a little bit more So he was just trying scared. to make it hard for Henry, basically. The Pope wasn't necessarily, but Charles, so there's like Henry and Charles. The Pope is like obviously trying to make the king happy because, you know, they have to be civil or whatever. But Charles is over here, you know, in the Pope's ear like, me, me, me. So okay. anyways, the Pope didn't want to uh, disobey Charles anymore and didn't want to like disgrace the familiar honor familial honor of Charles and family prestige because an annulment would not you know look good Mm -hmm. for that family so anyways that's the reason why the pope wouldn't grant them an annulment so Henry VIII decided it was time to leave the catholic church and reform to the church of England enter the reformation okay this is like what you just said about um your fun fact how no one's allowed to marry a Catholic. And mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like the beginning of the break from the Catholic Church. Okay. So, okay, so Henry in 1533 passed an act called the Act in Restraint of Appeals, which denied papal, how do you say that, papal? I think that. A- papal? I think so. AKA the Pope jurisdiction in England. So no more... Catholics are allowed to rule over the rule over England, and I believe this is the very act that is still in place. Mm -hmm. But it's still in place. I think so. Wow. And then the next year, um, the fifteen thirty four Act of Supremacy was passed, and that recognized the king as the supreme head of the church in England, Mm. with full power and authority to reform and do anything he wanted to do. Basically, this reminds me of that TikTok. Wait, which one? supreme head of the church of england oh yes <laughs> we'll have to find that and link that <laughs> um this is a quote from the article i read that was from like britannica.com mm-hmm. it was pretty the new title consolidated his own concept of kingship his conviction that as he once said he had no superior on earth so he thought very highly of himself just like it just bugs me so much because it's like you're a person you know, yeah. like get yeah. over it. You just get a really big head <laughs> yeah, by being told your whole life that you're the king of the world. <laughs> <sighs> um, so interestingly enough, he was super duper devoted to Catholicism. Hmm. So he had a, a internal struggle struggle about this new religion that he is now the head of because he was very devoted to God and all. I that didn't stuff. know that part. Yeah. So. But he was devoted to Anne Boleyn's, um, (laughs) he was devoted to Anne Boleyn more than he was devoted to God, apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that's the whole purpose of this whole, he literally, like, switched religions for her. So. Because he couldn't get an annulment. So it's not, not only because he wants to annul his, his marriage, but it's specifically because he wants to marry Anne Boleyn. Not just marry again, but marry her specifically. Yeah. And then he goes on to have four more wives. Right. Well, we'll get to why it ended. Dramatic. But yeah, he, you know, that's why I wanted to, I want to emphasize that because that's the love part here. But he's like going to literally switch his whole life, flip it upside down. Literally make a new religion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in January of 1533, so the, this happened in 1533. And then in January 1533. So the timeline here is very tight. Yeah. Which just shows the the urgency of the situation (laughs) in his mind. (laughs) So January 1533, he married Anne Boleyn. And this guy, Thomas Cranmer, was the new archbishop. I tried to look up what archbishop means. But then it was like the definition was like, the person who does archbishopry. (laughs) And then I was like... Okay, what's archbishopry? And it's like an archbishop. <laughs> I was just like, I hate this. So I stopped. Not worth it. Not worth it. Um, but he became like the new person, not the new pope, but like someone important, and declared that Henry's marriage to Catherine of Aragon was officially annulled. Hmm. And the pope excommunicated Harry from the Catholic Church, but everyone's like, okay, cool. Like, we're done with you. Catholicism. So he, my note says, so he changed the whole dang country's religion for her. So this must end in a perfect loving relationship, right? Right. 
I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. So, Anne never gave him a male heir. So, he was like, bye. You know, this isn't going to work. I need a male heir to the throne. Yeah, you were cute at the time, but like... So, um, a fact about this, about one of the reasons why she might not have been able to give him an heir, she was able to give him one baby who turned into Queen Elizabeth the first. Oh. Um, not the second, not the current queen, yeah. obviously. Um, and, but then after that, she had multiple miscarriages and stillbirths and stuff like that. So, the rumor is that she was suspected to be RH negative and Henry was RH positive, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> but basically, because of that she was able to have one baby but then after that because of rh whatever that is i think that's like uh, if you're o positive or o negative i think that's what that is isn't that your blood type yeah i'm pretty sure that's like the if your blood type is negative or positive that's weird wait but oh no i think it has something to do with oops i think it has something to do with antibodies because oh. the whole thing is that once he like gave oh. her the positive her the mom develops antibodies to that and makes her body attack the babies and like not be able to continue a pregnancy oh jeez yeah so that's one of the rumors why she wasn't able to produce a, another baby after having one baby hmm. but that probably sucks so much for her i know and also like the first wife couldn't have babies. Now the second wife couldn't have babies. Like maybe, maybe the common there. denominator <laughs> yeah. is the man. But God forbid, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so in 1536, aka three years after marriage without a baby, he Henry was like, "Nope, you're gonna have to die now." What? So. He just, you know, he really wanted an heir to the throne. And, I mean, he's not getting any younger. So, he was... I'm not... Why am I trying to excuse his behavior? I'm not. But, um, anyways, it was only three years. Which I'm like, can you imagine only being married for three years and not having a... Having one baby, but not a boy baby. And, like, you get to die for it. And because so, he can't, he can't like, divorce her or whatever. Because he already caused this big stink. Right? I mean, he could... I don't know. I guess he maybe he was bitter about it. I think that's that was the bigger oh, thing. Um, so she was executed for alleged treasonable <sighs> adultery. Oh, which alleged, you know. Um, so I have a few kind of like random facts and then I'm done. Okay. These are kind of fun, I guess. Okay. Fun. So Jane Seymour, which is the third wife, so the next wife. Um, was Anne Boleyn's attendant as well as her second cousin. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's all oh. that they're related. And then, so he, like, his first mistress was Anne Boleyn's sister. Now he married Anne Boleyn, and then he's going to marry her second cousin. So, so he's, he family. just keeps it all in the family. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, in 1528... Anne Boleyn almost died of the sweating sickness, which is an influenza kind of situation, apparently. And Henry is a notorious germaphobe, so he sent her back to her home in Kent for her to recover, (laughs) which is a little too relevant right now. I was going to say, given these times, can you blame him? (laughs) Truly. So while Anne Boleyn and King Henry were still you know, married and stuff, Jane Seymour, the second cousin, as well as her first attendant, started building a relationship, and Anne noticed it, and she walked in on Jane sitting on Henry's lap, and she was like, ugh, no, you know, she she started to understand what was going on, and then Jane received a locket from Henry with his portrait in it, Give it just up. like Anne got the bracelet. Nobody wants to see you. <laughs> no, you're ugly. And Anne got Anne got so mad because Jane would be, like, in the same room with her and just open and close the locket in front of her. And so one day she got so mad 
that she snatched it off her neck <gasps> and cut her hand because she snatched it away so fast. Oh my god! <laughs> You're fighting over a guy who's not worth it. Not worth it. Well, <laughs> I mean, King of England. Huh? Maybe that's worth it, but right. <laughs> um. So last three. Wait, did he facts. kill Anne to be with Jane, or he just? Mm, probably. Okay. I mean, you know, he needed to move on to the next. <laughs> of course. Uh, um, so she was the first queen of England to be publicly beheaded, but not the last one. Uh, Catherine of Cleves, I believe was also beheaded. Jeez. Um, I think wife number five or four, you know, who can, who can keep track? Um, and then her famous maybe last words, or at least like, you know, soon to be last words. Um, she was talking with the guard about the executioner and said, I heard he's quite good and I have a very small neck. Which I don't know what that means. There's not much to chop through? I guess. Um, And then, um, last thing. (laughs) She was initially sentenced to be burnt at the stake, but King Henry was merciful and brought in expert swordsmen to behead her instead of the traditional axemen. So, what a a gentleman. Like, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Uh, so that's the love story <laughs> of uh, Anne Boleyn and, and King Henry VIII. I mean, that is the those are some very radical actions to take to be with someone. So truly, yeah, moving mountains, <laughs> honestly. And your man can't even text you back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So. Well, I'm glad I finally know the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for educating Anytime. me. <laughs> Happy to on this educational podcast. Yep. <laughs> Tell me your story about non-traditional royal love or non-European, European. <laughs> um. So this is the story. Well, first of all, it's a story that's much sweeter than yours. Love it. Yeah. It's so we're ending on a high note. out like that. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> Um, this is the story of Shah Jahan and Mumtaz Mahal. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing their names right. I'm also a little bit confused about like the naming conventions, so mm. I'm just gonna go with it and hope for the best. Uh, people out there, please correct uh, us. We are not trying to be offensive yes. and correct us. We, I would love to know. Love to learn. Okay, so this is the story of Shah Jahan and Mumtaz Mumtaz Mahal. Mumtaz Mahal was born in India on April 27th, 1593, yep. in the city of Agra. Her birth name was Arjuman Banu, and she was born to a wealthy Persian noble who was a prominent political figure in the Mughal Empire. Mumtaz was really intelligent. She liked poetry. Okay, so that's Mumtaz. Shah Jahan, um, just a note, Shah is not part of his name. It's a title for royals like king or monarch so shah jahan was known as prince karam before he became shah and so but i'm just going to call him shah jahan um and he was born on january 5th 1592 in lahore which is in modern day pakistan jahan was the third son of a mughal emperor after his older brother died in 1627 and with his second older brother's support, Shah Jahan became emperor in Agra in February of 1628. Why didn't his second oldest brother become emperor? Why did he? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, so Shah Jahan like saw Mumtaz in like a market or something and he like Aww. immediately fell in love with her. And so they met and they became engaged when she was 14 and he was 15. Oh, right. Whoa. I know. Okay. It's not some well, creepy thing. They are young, but. Very Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Well, in their ages. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's, that's where it stops. <laughs> uh, so they met and got engaged in 1607. Meanwhile, so while they were engaged, they ended up having a long engagement. So while they were engaged, Jahan fulfilled his princely duties and he had to marry another woman um he ended up having 
several other wives. I'm not exactly sure on the number, either three or seven. I saw both numbers. I'm, I didn't read a book about this. I was just looking it on Wikipedia, so I don't can, know. Let's land at five. <laughs> Happy medium. Yeah. Um, so he had to get married for political reasons. Um, but that didn't, that was fine because okay. five years later in 1612, on a date selected by court astrologers, Shah Jahan married Mumtaz, and when they got married, he gave her the name Mumtaz Mahal, which is where she gets her name, which translates to chosen one of the palace. Oh my gosh. Shah Jahan was truly smitten with Mumtaz, and I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) And they had a very happy marriage. Unlike his other marriages, his marriage to Mumtaz was for love and not politics. And even though Jahan was married to the other women and culturally and legally had the right to do all the things married people do, Jahan preferred to be with Mumtaz and only fulfilled his marital duties um, to father a child with each of the women. Mumtaz didn't want him to have kids with the other women. Yeah. Which, I mean, kind of sucks for them, but... <sighs> Wait. So he did do that? He did he because he had to, politically. And she didn't want him to. She knew that... Or did she understand? She knew that he had to do that, but he didn't do a single thing more than he had to. Got it. So she was, like, his favorite wife, basically. Got it. Got and it. Yeah. So the other ones were just like, let's get down to business and do it. And then, you business. know. Business. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> business exchange. <laughs> yeah. But Jahan was all about Mumtaz and he actually ended up having 14 children with her. <gasps> Holy cannoli. That's yeah. how you know you love someone. I think, I think I read that only seven survived into adulthood, <gasps> which is sad, but still 14 not, is a Not lot. untypical, right, though? Right. Hmm. Yeah. That is... <laughs> plenty so they were in love shah jahan officially took the throne like i said in 1628 and when he did that he appointed mumtaz as his chief empress since mumtaz was his favorite shah jahan showered her with gifts and luxuries more than any empress before her had had her living area was covered in gold and she had rose water fountains (laughs) i know that sounds nice that does. Um, Jahan also gave each of his wives a monthly allowance for housekeeping and traveling expenses, and he gave the greatest allowance to, you guessed it, Mumtaz. Yeah. But Mumtaz wasn't just Shah Jahan's wife. She was also his confidant. She insisted that he do things like forgive enemies and forgive death oh. sentences, and he trusted her so much that he gave her his imperial seal which I think means that she could, like, validate official imperial decrees. Right. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She also advocated for poor people, and she had a big interest in poetry and scholarship and all that kind of stuff. So she would go so far as to give pensions to poor scholars and writers and even give donations or scholarships to their daughters. Wow. Yeah, she was just, like... Making it work. Doing her own thing. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Um, and since Mumtaz had an interest in architecture, as was common among Mughal noble women, she also commissioned a garden by the river in Agra, which is now known as Zahara Bagh. Um, and also, since Mumtaz was interested in being involved with her husband's political affairs, she decided to accompany him in 1631 on his military campaign through the Deccan Plateau. Mumtaz accompanied Jahan even though she was pregnant, and she actually ended up giving birth to their 14th child on June 17, 1631, while she was away from home. Scary. Mumtaz was in labor for 30 hours. Whoa. No yes. meds, nothing. I mean, maybe that's 30 hours. Maybe that's something, but not an epidural. For 30 hours? Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> or opium or something, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, probably not cocaine. Yeah, I take that back. Oh, <laughs> cocaine. You have to like make it right. I don't know I don't what know. cocaine is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a cocaine user. <laughs> um, I'm gonna bring it down. Uh, after an oh. extremely difficult labor, which um, led to the birth of a baby girl named Guahara Begum, Mumtaz died from hem- hemorrhaging. Oh. She was only 38 years old. That's really sad. Yeah. Shah Jahan was beside himself after Mumtaz's death. It was reported that he was inconsolable because of the grief. And apparently he also wasn't the only one frantic with grief because it was also reported that Mumtaz's daughter, Princess Jahanara, who was then 17, handed Mm. out gems to the poor, hoping that doing so would lead to some kind of miracle that would save her mom. That's so sad. I know. (laughs) (sighs) So Mumtaz was temporarily buried in the town where she had died. But in December of 1631, she was disinterred and brought back to Agra by one of her sons and by her lady-in-waiting. She was transported in a gold casket and then interred by the um, Yamuna River. Apparently, Shah Jahan stayed behind to finish the military campaign and... Then I think he went into a year of seclusion after Montaz's wow. death because he was so like upset about it. And your man can't even text you back. <laughs> that statement is going to become even more relevant here in a second. Oh, gosh. So while secluded and mourning, Shah Jahan was trying to figure out where Montaz's final resting place would be because nothing would be good enough for the love of his life. Mm. So in 1632... Shah Jahan commissioned one of the new seven wonders of the world to entomb his late wife in the Taj Mahal. What? Did you know this? No. I didn't either. I had, Wait, what do you mean the new seven wonders? It's like because new because he's doing it? No, because there's the seven wonders of the world and then there's the new seven wonders of the world. So it's one got of it. the new ones. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Obviously, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He took inspiration from the Quran's description of heaven as he began to plan what the building would look like. And then he hired an architect named Ustad Ahmed Lahori. And in exchange for lots of money, he required that the architect never build another structure so that there would never be another building like the Taj Mahal because he wanted it to be special for Mumtaz. My gosh. Construction of the building took 21 years to complete. It began in 1632, just a year after Mumtaz's death, and was completed in 1653. The tomb is at the center of the building, which sits on a 42-acre plot of land, and it also includes a, the tomb also includes a mosque and a guest house. At the time, it cost about 32 million rupees, which in 2020 U.S. dollars would be about 916 million dollars, which is not surprising because uh, now you can go to to look at the pictures. Um, You can see it's like... Okay, yes, I see it. Wow. Yeah. So it's not surprising that that costs 900 and how many, whatever million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. the project required approximately 20,000 artisans to build. And no one, this is, I find this part kind of weird. No one knows for certain where the name Taj Mahal comes from, but some hmm. think that Taj is a, is a shortened version or a nickname for Mumtaz, which I guess yeah, saying I it out loud makes sense. Reading yeah. reading it before, <laughs> that didn't, I didn't make <laughs> that connection, but yeah. there's also something about like, it, the the name got popularized or whatever by this European like explorer who mm. didn't come up mm. with the name but he like heard it so I'm like mm. but that's what they think happened um, English poet Sir Edwin Arnold after seeing the Taj Mahal wrote that the Taj Mahal was not a piece of architecture as other buildings are but the proud passion of an emperor's love wrought in living stones. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So uh, <sighs> your man won't even text you back. Yeah. and <laughs> But uh, Shah Jahan built <laughs> a literal mm-hmm. <laughs> seventh wonder of the world. <laughs> Jeez. 
Um, the tomb itself, where the body is actually buried, is very subtle because, um, like, the Muslim tradition requires that it like not be that fancy so it's way more subtle as you can see compared to the rest of the building Mm -hmm. um and mumtaz was entombed in the taj mahal at the center of the tomb with a false sarcophagus on the main level and her real body buried on a lower level and from the shape of the tomb uh with mumtaz at the center you can tell that shah jahan probably didn't intend for anyone else to be buried there but their son, Aurangzeb, who later became the last ruler of the Mughal Empire, chose to bury his father beside his mother in the Taj Mahal. So you can see how in the picture, the second tube, it seems kind of like weirdly placed. Yeah. So that is Shah Jahan. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was going to think. I mean, I'm not sure how the traditions are in general, but you would think that they'd be married next or buried next to each other. But Yeah, I don't I don't know. Well, and I don't know how it would work if you have multiple wives or wives. what. Yeah. Well, there's only one I, that matters. I would think there's. Yeah, I mean, I think right. Like the, you know, you built the Taj Mahal. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, okay. So Shah Jahan married Mumtaz for love, and after her tragic and untimely death, he commissioned the Taj Mahal as a symbol of his undying love and marital devotion. I had no idea that's why the Taj Mahal was built. I literally had never heard that. Yeah. 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 It's so sweet. I think my dad has been to the Taj Mahal. I'll have to ask him about it. Really? I think mm-hmm. they ta- if you actually like go there, I think they talk about it. That An article yeah. that I read talked about that. How like the guy learned it on the tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense. But yeah, so that's oh. my story. Wow. Well, I... My- um something that i was thinking about is like there's all these wonders of the world when it's like people just can't fathom that like this society that yeah we think is so you know archaic could be able to do something yeah you know as beautiful as that when it's like no they just figured it out you know, <laughs> yeah so, anyways that was yeah. just what i was thinking no about, it, it wasn't aliens as much as yeah you might want to believe as much as i'm a white mo- might want to believe no <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah well wow what a great story to end on i, I know that. oh yeah. also when you were saying um how oh i'm so sorry what was her name mumtaz mumtaz was kind of like an advisor for mm-hmm. uh shah jahan jahan sorry i just never no, said y- it out loud so then because yeah Mumtaz, how are you saying that Mumtaz was a kind of an advisor for Jah? So, nope, <laughs> Shah Jahan. Uh-huh. Um, that reminded me of a note I totally forgot to include in my story, so I'm gonna say it now. Do it. That Anne Boleyn was kind of not probably not to the same level as it, it seems like in your story, but uh, King Henry trusted her to yeah. to some extent and would confide in her and have discussions with her about like political moves to take and stuff like that. So. They were on that level. It'd be interesting to know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know how much, um, like, throughout history has actually been determined mm-hmm. behind the scenes yeah. by the wives yeah. of, That'd yeah, be an interesting research of powerful men. Yeah. For someone who, you know, <laughs> yeah, needs that topic idea. There you go. <laughs> Small fee of You're $20. <laughs> Site spins podcast. <laughs> um well that was great and i am anxious to Mm -hmm. know what the next week's topic is so i'll make the transition okay well so when i was doing my research for episode eight hippie love i encountered this story and i really want to cover it so i am (laughs) selfishly basing the theme around this story (laughs) So, oh my gosh, episode 10, episode 10 is going to be strange love. (laughs) So we're going to learn about some real weird things. Okay. I want to know a little bit, like I want to quantify that a little bit, like what is strange, you know, but like my strange addiction, is that what you Sure. Whatever. The weirdest thing you can find. Also, I want to say that I know that my past three stories have been not happy endings, <laughs> and now this one's probably also not going to be a happy ending, but 
we were talking about this last night. I think we were texting and saying, like, love's not always a happy ending. No. So here I it's am. It's real life. Right. Here I am trying yeah. to advocate for that side of it. But <laughs> I do recognize it, and I want to, you know, find some happier ending stories in the future, but not next week. So, you know, four weeks in a row, and then we'll, <laughs> then we'll go back to happy stuff. But anyways. Yeah. No, I think it's perfect. Great. <laughs> I think... Um, Maybe the only thing we should plug is our listener love. Yeah. So if you have a story of your own love or of a family member, like, I was thinking about this. You know how you've seen, like, articles or TikToks or whatever where people are looking through their old yearbooks and it's like, oh, my yeah. gosh, my mom went on a date with Jimmy Fallon or whatever. Yeah. Like, any anything. Anything. I want it all. Yes. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Yes, please submit at smittenpodcast.com or you can email us. You can Instagram DM us. I truly do whatever you want. Yeah. (laughs) My phone number is not. (laughs) 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 Only I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, thanks for listening. Um, I'm excited that next week's going to be episode 10. That seems like a milestone. So It really does. Yeah. And next week, I think, is just going to be a wild one. I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking excited. forward to it. Yeah. Great. Well, we'll talk to you next week with some weird-ass love. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.